Hello, friends. How y'all doing? Yeah. Oh, buddy. It's the Drum Brigade Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Huge crowd today. Huge crowd on end today. Woo! Whoa. Man, I'm nervous. A lot of people. A lot of people in this crowd. It's a terrific audience. We for, we said forget the 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 COVID stuff. Forget that you know we're just gonna like we're gonna have a drum brigade Trump rally except without the Trump and like just all people in a room with no masks. We're just gonna be spreading this thing around and just it's just dude. Yeah, yeah. we got a new move where we lick our palm and then yeah. high five each other. High five each other. After, yeah. So everyone licks their hand and high fives. <laughs> And then repeats, just repeat. Yeah, repeat. And then after you do that, you high five them, you lick your hand again. Yeah. And then it's and, like and sneeze in each other's faces. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's what we're doing. I don't know what you guys are doing, but we got an arena over here that's just full of people ready to just I don't know, transmit this thing, you know what I'm saying? Uh transfer this thing. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I got my phone is blowing up, bro. Like it's today, so I'm, I'm turning 42 years old, bro. Turning 42 years old. No one believes me when I say that. Yeah. Uh, so my grandma's texting me. My uncles are texting me. My mom and dad call me. We're getting a late start because everybody's like, bro, you're old. Not even like, hey, happy birthday or whatever. It's just, bro, you're old. <laughs> Um, you yeah, anyways, you drum definitely brigade don't pod- look 42. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's crazy when my, like a lot of my students find out that I'm older than their parents. They're just like, wait, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Really? Like, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. You do not look uh, that age. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Uh, I'll take that. It, uh, yeah, I'll take, I'm only as old as I look. So, you know, but I, it was a hard day for me when people were like, you're you're like 40 years old. You don't look like you're you look like you're like probably like 35. I'm like, uh, I people used to say like 27 at the most. And like <laughs> so now I'm like I've transitioned to being like 30 in my 30s on the way I the way I look, you know? Hmm. And the way I act. But I think people figure out that I'm like a man in his 40s when they talk to me. Like I'm definitely a kid at heart, but I think when they talk to me and like, I feel like I have like the assertiveness of a 42 year old man, you know, like if somebody has a problem with me, I'm like, not going to fight you, but I'm going to be like, whoa, hold on, hold on here. Like, no, 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 we're not doing like, I just don't got time and I don't care anymore. You know, that kind of thing. And I think that's like a 42 year old trait. Whereas like a a 32 year old man would be like, well, what, like, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, I'm just like, no, no, this is the way it's going to go down and you're going to stop doing this and let's, let's bounce. (laughs) Um, love your age impressions. I'm going to hear more of these. Wait, what's a 25 year old be like? Dude, 25 year old just cries about it. He just like, mom, like that's a 25 year old. Cause he still hasn't figured out like, that he he needs to handle this on his own like it's simple like a teenager doesn't know what to do yeah but a teenager kind of doesn't care either but then like a 25 24 year old just is like i don't know how i'm going to deal with this like what am i going to do i can't do this and and they'll try to find like some like college like 
my my professor told me to do it this way when it's just like trying to figure out life problems you know they're still like in that college mindset 35 year olds is what i just said like well like well like well, what are we gonna do and then like 40 year olds are just like i don't care next uh, so you're saying 40 year olds and teenagers are kind of similar yeah, kind of. <laughs> Except like just more mature. Like a 40-year-old is just like 40-year-old people are not having it anymore. Like uh-huh. you realize that you have spent a lot of time worrying about what other people think. And I don't care anymore, dude. I do care what people think, but like I don't care like if you're if if you're going to like try to like come up to me and have a problem. I'm like I don't care. I don't care if you got a problem. Like, go have your problem somewhere else. But we're not doing this right now. You know? Like, my neighbor, I'm like, bro, I don't have time for you. Stop with your nonsense. Stop. Do you think I'm joking? I'm not joking. Stop. What does that mean? It means whatever you think it means, bro. If it means to you that I'm going to freaking haul off and sock you in the face, then that's what it means. If it means I'm just going to walk away from you and be like, whatever, bro, stop talking to me. That's what it means. Take it however you want it. I'm telling you, I don't have time for this. Stop with your nonsense. You can tell that I have a soapbox about my neighbor right now, don't, can't you? (laughs) (laughs) Something is hitting very close to home right now. Fired up. It's his Uh, birthday and he's pissed off. Dude, I'm telling you. I'm I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'm... We haven't even gotten into it yet, but like I'm, I'm on this thing, man, this diet thing with to like try to help my stomach. So two months, two months sober, no drinking at all, even in quarantine people. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Straight edge. We are straight edge as it gets. We are punk rock as it gets. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, uh, but dude, this thing has got me on some weird mood swings, man. Like, and there's things that are just like, I just can't take it. Like, like I was at the studio the other day and my dad was, was here hanging out with me. And, um, I was playing music in the studio while we were working on some things. And then he was like looking for a song to share with me. And like, so he was playing music on his phone while there was other music playing in the studio. And he's just like flipping through songs. Dude, I was about to lose my mind. <laughs> I was like, dad, what are you doing? Stop. And he's just like, no, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to look for, look for something. And I'm like, dad, I can't, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, I can't take that. I can't, I can't have you do that. You know? And he's just like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know? And I, then I felt super bad. Like, I'm not trying to yell at you. It's just me. Like, I can't deal with this stuff anymore. Like I, my, my fuse is really short, like because this stupid diet, man, like, I don't know what it is. This is, dude, it's crazy, man. I'm old, dude. I'm 42, so you can't even you can't even deny that I have legitimate reason to be like this. You need a burrito. That's the problem. Yeah, that's a problem. A lot of people like act like they go through withdrawals from not drinking and stuff. I'll tell you right now, I'm in some serious withdrawals for a burrito or a quesadilla. How can we make it happen? Do we have to wrap it in lettuce or something? It won't be the same, man. Mm-hmm. It won't be the same. I want like an El Bronco, just a pure bean and cheese burrito. I will be keeled over with my stomach though. Like I will be keeled. You know what though, dude? Like this week, went to go get um, went to uh, 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 what is that place called? I don't know, some pizza place, and I straight had pizza. You know, pizza is my favorite. 
but it was like they had like a gluten free like they have a um cauliflower crust what is this place called i can't remember what it's called mm. but the, it's like uh it's like subway for pizza you know that you put any topping that you want on your pizza and oh yeah i've been to one of those i forget what it was called too I can't remember, but anyways, um, yeah, I got my cauliflower pe- like pizza crust, and I put all the toppings. They have like they have like vegan meat, like, and it tastes like real. It's it was so good. I was like sitting there eating with me, like we went on a date, and we were like just hanging out outside eating our food, and I was just like, I can't tell you how good this is. This is so good. It's it tastes like real pizza, and like I'm just oh my god, I loved it. I loved it. All right. Well, anyways, that was a ramble, a ramble on. Um, we this is the Drum Brigade podcast and stuff, you know, and it's a uh, it's episode ninety three, I think ninety three, yeah. And um, you know, we got a great show for you people. This might be the show of soapboxes. You never know. Uh, we have a wonderful guest coming on in a few minutes. Here, he's an incredible drum teacher, online drum teacher. Uh, fellow Aquarian artist, Funky Phil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have on... Um, he has a, a website called Steven's Drum Shed. Uh, and uh, we're going to have on Steven Ta- Taylor. Steven Taylor. Not Steven Tyler, Phil. Don't get your hopes <laughs> up. Steven Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Coming on. We're going to talk about a few things with him. Um, but mostly just Aquarian drum heads. Just kidding. Uh, so Steven, it's either Steven or Stefan, man. I can't, I can't remember which one it is. So I feel bad if I'm saying his name wrong, but, um, he's coming up in a few, we're going to be going live on Instagram. So, um, yeah, you guys can ask your questions and stuff. Um, and, uh, all that stuff. So, uh, also we have a Patreon, we have drum lessons, we have merch, we have, um, the best merch merch out there, bro. So, uh, drumbrigade.com. Anything you want to know, you want to ask questions, anything like that, just um, contact form on drumbrigade.com. Okay? Okay. Let's go. Steven Taylor coming up. Yeah. Drum Brigade podcast. I'm Corey Kingston. That's Funky Phil. Phil's castle. Yeah. Uh, Funky Phil, you played a gig this week. I did. I got to play some dwums. Yay. I heard that, Phil, that like that, that, um, well, I don't know what it was really. It seemed like a boom kind of drum fill you played, something like that. Oh, yeah. What no, would that nothing. be? 30 second notes and in 16th note, 30 second, like, is it, it's not, uh, it's not a it's not a triplety thing. It's like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah. That sounded good. That snare drum. That snare drum sounded killer, man. Thanks, man. I, I wasn't sure because I had my Ed earplugs in and it always makes it sound weird when you have earplugs in. But I, you I had that one of those super wire I don't know, is it forty strands of snare wires or something? Oh I forgot that's I had why. it on there until we were setting up and i was like oh yeah it sounded like it was cracky man it was like but it was way tighter than i've ever heard you play a snare drum oh nice it was way tighter it was like yeah um 
So that's good. Uh, you know, I, before I forget, I've been thinking about, uh, I was in my studio just jamming out a little bit. And um, I was thinking about uh, like my sound, you know, and like when I play ska and reggae, I have like my copper, I mean, my bronze snare that's like tuned really high and it has a real pingy sound to it. Yeah. I'm thinking about bringing that back, Phil, that pingy high-pitched pingy timbali sounding snare drum and letting it just ring no no true tones moon gels whatever you call it just letting it go you talking about the 90s well yeah like i i guess like that's kind of like a 311 sounding snare but like if but, but then you play a certain way you know during those days but i'm thinking about like the way that we play today you know the choppy choppy you know triplety kind of stuff I'm thinking about just letting it ride, man. Cause I like, I, I, uh, deadened the crap out of my snare drums to where there's like no overtones at all. Mm. And I've, I've been like really digging that sound lately. Like, man, I kind of just like my snares to just ring. Like, let's just let it ring. Let forget it ring. this. Yeah. Forget the deadening, deadening nonsense. Let's just let it go. Yeah. I did like a video like when um when when Masters of Maple came out with their their limited um whatever trash talk snare. I did like a video with it. Like you do your snare videos for Doc Sweeney, like where you just don't put anything on there. Well you do, Phil. <laughs> well, you don't like me because you play you play um you play vessel drums, so you don't want me to say anything about other other companies. Well yeah, I mean I I don't have my face in the videos on purpose. Yeah, but dude, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Sorry. I mean, look, I don't, I play Masters of Maple Drums, but I got two Tama kits set up in my studio right now. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm playing on a show or if I'm playing on TV or something, they know what's going to, what I'm going to be doing. But if I'm making a video or something for another drum company, I don't know, whatever. All right. Anyway, sorry, Phil. You play Vessel Drum. When you do your snare videos for Vessel Drums, <laughs> Um, you, you don't put any deadening or dampeners on it. Dampers on there. You just, well, if it's a demo, I feel like, yeah, if it's a demo of a, of a drum, like putting dampers on it kind of changes your perspective of what it sounds like. Right. I mean, you, obviously you could always dampen a drum. Hey, does Doc Sweeney still have that, that, um, brass snare? Um, I can't remember if he still has the black one. He made it, he made a couple more recently though. He had like, um, some that were like a brownish color. Ooh. Yeah. I still, I just, I still really want that black one, that black sparkle one. Yeah. I can't remember if he got rid of that or if, it might still be there. I don't know. Dude, if it's there, I might, I might put a down payment on it. I've been thinking about making a snare drum. What? Yeah. Well, cause we've been um doing a lot of home renovations and uh my house is covered with cedar just like we have tons of cedar cedar wood and i i, I thought it might be fun to try to make a stave drum That's out of, cool. a snare drum out of some cedar i know it's not like cedar's kind of soft compared to other woods so i don't know yeah and it seems I, like it'll just it'll just break well i mean I think you just have to put it together, right? Well, it won't get any mosquitoes or moth moths or anything because <laughs> that's that's what you put in your closet or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's weather resistant and stuff. 
but Man, it looks beautiful too. It's, it's got a lot of looks, good wood grain. It looks nice when you clean it up. I've, I mean, we'll see. There's a pipe dream at this point, but <laughs> I mean, you know, you could if you make the shell thick enough and and put it together right, it, it could be stable. I think I've if seen you cedar. One, I've seen drums made out of cedar before. If you make one, you make two, Phil, because <laughs> I want one. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I'll make if I make one, I'll, I'll make two. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so, anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off. What What were you saying though about your gig? You played an outdoor gig. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that was coming. Yes. You're correct. I played drums in public. Well, it was private. It was a private party. Um, it was fun. Got to see my friends, play some jams. It wasn't a crazy long gig because I'm out of shape, so that's good. <laughs> I'm out of drumming shape. And it was apparent, especially after the gig, I was like, dang. I used to be able to go for hours. <laughs> um, it was fun Bobby Your your buddy Bobby Caressi Oh yeah He was he was doing the keyboards And man that guy rips He's good He rips Awesome dude um, And then This this week I also did uh, Stucco Did more stucco work <laughs> You say that every week mm-hmm. Well it's a long process You gotta do several <laughs> layers of the stuff so you made it. You made a stucco drum, uh, snare drum, or well, that'd be like a cement snare drum. <laughs> um, but you could do that, I suppose. And my uh, youngest son turned two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave him a, a like a, a one of those little tykes car things that they get in and scoot yeah. around with their feet, like Flintstone style. <laughs> Um, did Felix didn't try to try to take it over? Oh yeah, he did. I mean, <laughs> Milo, Milo still can't. Our youngest Milo still can't quite um, push himself around in it. Yeah, but he likes getting in there and playing around. But um, Felix will definitely get in and carry him. You know, drive him around in it because it's uh, it's cool. like kind of like supposed to be a farm truck. Yeah, and it has a little trailer and everything. And nice. Milo will get in the back, and Felix will get in the front and like <laughs> scoot him around the house. It's really cute. <laughs> But, wow! Uh, yeah, it was a good week, man. It got it felt good to play some drums again. Yeah, it was weird though, man. There was like no one was wearing masks. No, yeah, it it's was a just, thing. I think just me and Bobby were wearing masks. Yeah, Bobby's a hardcore mask guy. And like, um, yeah, yeah, it's man, weird. it's a weird thing. These 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 events, people are just over it. People are just over it. Numbers are going up again too, man. Yeah, it's a scary thing. I had no gigs this week, uh, but I had a very, very, very busy week with. Um, so, Shuffle and Bang album is coming out. Yes, and the, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank yeah. you. People are excited because this has been a long process, and so, man, when you come out with an album, there's a lot of things to do, like a lot. 
a lot of things like a lot of you, you we haven't even done much promo but you know i have to make sure the websites tighten up and then that people are going to be able to buy records when we do drop it um it so so special announcement uh records are coming out uh officially the release date is november 6th yes sir Woo! yes sir november 6th uh you will be able to get it as many as you want and uh digital downloads all that will be out it'll be on on spotify and all that on november 6th can't wait we are playing on a uh i'm bobby caressi also playing in this band um he's on the album and we're playing um a live broadcast or live stream broadcast thing on november 5th is that that same thing you did with uh lily rose Yes, so Sweet. we are doing Intertalk um, Entertainment, and they're going to handle our our thing. So we're in negotiations right now. This I'm trying to push them to have a free live stream, but they're sounding like they want to charge mm. like a ticket price, and um, so I have to work it out to where maybe we can put some people on the list that are our Indiegogo people, and they can watch for free, but then like um, our everyone else has to pay. So we'll, we'll see, but we're running out of time. We got like two weeks to promote this thing. And, um, so yeah, it's good. We're like, we we're just doing a lot with that. And then, you know, um, trying to take care of like Indiegogo stuff. We, we started this whole thing with an Indiegogo campaign. And, um, so there's, we have to like sign records and man, it's just, it's just a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff that we're, and I'm still not even like halfway done. I have a major video to edit for shuff, for shuffle and bang Dang. two videos technically, but I'm waiting for the mix to come back. Um, so a lot of stuff. So anyways, I've been working full on with that. Um, you know, and then drum brigade stuff, which leads me to. trying to hear that right now we had a good thing going phil the beach brigade beach brigade that's what i'm talking about yeah beach brigade uh beach brigade was and notice i'm saying was Mm. amazing amazing like i've never done anything for for drum brigade that has gotten this kind of response like people are, are pretty hyped over our merch or like you know, there's some people that are just super hyped on our on our podcast, but the Beach Brigade thing was like the public was just getting like people were just coming up like this is awesome. Old people, young people, it didn't matter. Kids were just like completely drawn to it, like like tractor beams, dude. Just they couldn't like they'd be making sandcastles, and then all of a sudden they would just like walk over to us and and just be sitting in the sand like watching like i want to do this so bad well on monday the man phil the man is trying to put a stop to us man um and it's it's pretty freaking stupid um so they were cool about it they were cool about it but basically like we've been out there for like five or six or seven weeks and um at probably seven weeks and uh they we've we've been out there no problem we've been doing our thing we we've we fully have like a silent set we have like a dw play anywhere kits practice anywhere kits and and then no low noise cymbals and um we're like we play music out of a little bluetooth speaker and we're able to 
do everything that we need on a drum lesson. So it's it was it's been a really cool option for us to do our lessons in person and to get off Zoom because now since the kids have gotten back gone back to school, they're on Zoom all the time. So it's been really difficult for me to conduct lessons after they've been on Zoom all day. So I'm like, we need to figure out a way to do this. We live in California. We live in Oceanside. Let's go to the beach and just do the drum lessons on the beach. Well, these freaking morons pull up and they're like, well, like, what are you guys doing? And I'm just like, hey, what's up, guys? And they're like, what, like, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, um, yeah, I go, we've, you know, I go, we've, we're doing our drum lessons on the beach, you know? And they're like, yeah, see, that's a problem. <laughs> they're like, and I had a sign out there because so people would know because I got so tired of people thinking it was a jam session or like a concert. And I'm like, it's not a concert, it's drum lessons. So I put a sign that said drum lessons here. Yeah. And they didn't like that. So they were like, I probably could have got away with it if I didn't have my drum lesson sign. Because I could have just been like, oh, no, we're just practicing, man. Yeah, we're just hanging out, you know? Oh, yeah. But I couldn't get around that. So they were like, yeah, well, that technically makes you a vendor. And like, you know, our boss is telling us to come over here and check what this is and make sure that like, if you guys are a vendor, you need to have a vendor permit. And I'm like, well, I said, yeah, you know, technically, man, I said, I have a studio to do all this in, you know, I said, so I'm like, it's not like, I, you know, he's like, well, you need a business license. I'm like, I have a business license, dude. I said, I have a business license and I have a facility where I do all my drum lessons at. And I said, but because of COVID, we're trying to do everything safe and, you know, and we're trying to follow the rules with, from the CDC. And so they tell us we're allowed to be outside. So we're trying to be outside. And, and I'm like, and, you know, everybody seems to like it. I said, we're not bothering anybody. You know, we're just, we're trying our best to keep the noise down. I said, I've invested in equipment so that we can not like not disturb anybody on the beach. And they're like, no, man, we haven't gotten any complaints at all. We know you guys are trying. And I said, so what option do we have? What option do we have, bro? And he, I said, you know, he's like, yeah, I get it, man. It's just our boss. I hate to be the one to tell you this. And I'm like, dude, so my, my soapbox is like, bro, like you're, first of all, your boss can't, you, you, your boss is that much of a coward. He can't come up and talk to me himself and find out for himself, like, hey, I get it. Like, let me see what's really going on. You know, hey, man, take the sign down. Like, you can't be advertising on the beach, but I get it. Things are a little bit different. Like, nothing is the same right now. Yeah. If you really wanted to be cool, you could just be like, hey, man, I get, I get that you can't be in your shop right now, and I get you're trying your best, and I realize you guys aren't causing a disturbance, so I'm going to look the other way, but just make sure you don't have your sign up or anything like that. And if anybody asks, just tell them you're, you're on the beach practicing. That would, but, be very, that would be really cool of them. Yeah, but of course they're not going to do that. Of course they're not going to do that. It's probably because they want me to pay a fee, you know, and then that's just going to miraculously fix everything. Yeah, it doesn't. To... It doesn't mean it's a, so. One little piece of paper, one little piece of paper that I paid for is gonna, and I'm doing the exact same thing. Is gonna change everything for you, idiots. Mm. And so I go, hey man, I go, that's fine. I go, look, I get it, I get it. Like I said, but you know, I just want you to know that there aren't many options for us. Like I'm a small business in in Oceanside, and there isn't many options for us. What the option is from the freaking governor of California is that we can work outside. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, that's what we're trying to do. And I'm like, this is what's saving my business. 
And he's just like, he's just like, I know, man, I know it's not, it's just, they, they, they like thought I was being confrontational and I was like being super nice. I was like, no guys, like I get it. Like, it's totally cool. I'm like, but I just, I just, you know, I don't know what, what I was kind of like leaving on them. Like, I just don't know what else we're supposed to do, you know? And, and like, they're like, well, we'll see what we can do. I said, Hey, can I just finish my lessons for the day? Because as of right now, I'm in the middle of my day, you know, and I have like four other students after this that are scheduled. I said, all of these students are scheduled. They're not like they just walk up and, and I'm, I'm selling things on the beach. I said, they have to be scheduled and ordinarily they would be scheduled at my studio. And I'm like, so these are all pre-scheduled pre there. These aren't, I'm not soliciting on the beach here. And yeah. so I said, can I just finish my lessons for the day? And like, that way I don't have to reschedule anybody. That's going to cause a world of problems if I have to reschedule. And they're like, well, we'll check. And then they go and check and then they come back and their boss was just still being a total scumbag. And he's just like, we technically can't allow you to do anything. We can't tell you anything. We're just here to inform you what the rules are on the beach. And I'm like, oh, what? I'm like rolling my eyes. Like, whatever, dude. All right. Got it. And they're like, so you can, you can do whatever you want, but you don't have permission from us to do anything. And I'm like, I don't need your permission to do anything, you idiot. <laughs> like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And like, if you guys need to write me a ticket, then do whatever you got to do. But you don't have that authority, do you? And by the way, isn't there somebody that's drowning that you should be saving right now instead of hassling me? Wait, so these were lifeguards? Yes. They oh, were the straight up lifeguards. Okay. So this whole time I was picturing it being like police officers. No. Okay. No, dude. Meanwhile, the police are driving by us like every few minutes and they're just like, they've, they've waved at us before. They've given us thumbs up. They haven't done anything. The police have not hassled us in any way, shape or form. That's crazy. You know? And so like, I'm like, there isn't somebody you should be saving right now. See that? Like, okay. That changed that. Cause this whole time I've been picturing police and I'm like, well, I mean, I guess that's their job. You know, they're supposed to enforce permits and all that. They but, told me, they told me there's but it's code enforcement driving by here and there's police officers. So if you want to try your luck and stay out here for the rest of the day, we can't guarantee that a cop isn't going to stop you and maybe cite, cite, give you a citation. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, yeah, dude, I'll take my chances. And they were like, like still trying to be adamant. Like, so basically what would have happened is their boss would have gotten irritated at me for not listening to him. And then he would have called the police and been like, there's a, there's a guy on the beach that's doesn't have a permit to be a vendor. Yeah. And so I packed it in. I canceled all my lessons for the day Uh, and packed it in. And I was super bummed, like super, super, super bummed. So I got a dude's email that like I can get in touch with that's from parks and rec. I went to the parks and rec office and was like, this is the deal. And the girl was like, that is so cool. Like everybody else. Yeah. She's like, you just need a special, per- special events permit. She's like, so this is the guy you need to email. And so I wrote this big long email, like, Hey, you know, like other businesses in, um, you know, during COVID we've, we've been, you know, like we've been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic and we've had to do things differently and we're still trying to get used to how to do things now. And, you know, and this is one way we've gotten around it. It's been received well by beachgoers and parents and students. A lot of my students, like it's the highlight of their week, you know, and like I've been able to sign more students on like, because, you know, but then I've been able to sign some students on that are like strictly only there for beach brigade. 
Yeah. Like they're not coming to studio. They're not, they're not doing zoom lessons. They're not doing anything like that. It's they're only there for the beach, you know? And so it's like, this is killing me. This is like, this is killing me. Like this is how, this has been the story of drum brigade though, man, not to be super negative, but as soon as we get a few steps forward, it's like dude, two steps back, you know? And, um, every time we do something cool, either somebody else like tries to copy it and steal it, you know, or, you know, we haven't had the financial backing to do this on a, do this for real, but you know, that, that doesn't mean we're not going to still do it. It's just like, it sucks to, to like do something cool and something out of the box. And then to have people go like the lifeguards were like, I go, well, you know, I said, it's weird because I see so many people doing so many different things on the beach. I said, I see surf lessons, you know, I've done, I've done beach boot camps before with like working out on the beach and stuff. And they're like, well, those are beach activities. This isn't technically a beach activity. And I'm like, who says? Like, we do beach themes. We do like a bunch of surf songs and stuff like that. I'm like, so because you've never seen it before and because you've never heard of it before, this is just, you can't do it. Right. I'm like, dude, in the 50s or 60s, when they started surfing, you couldn't do that either. Now that's considered the beach activity of California. Yeah. So like, well, we, you know, we've never, it's like, it's weird for you. You've never seen it before. It's technically not a beach activity. So we, we can't allow it. What the heck are you talking about? That sucks. You know, I like, think about all the things that people do on the beach, you know, and it's like beach volleyball is like, like, I mean, all these, if I had a beach volleyball class, well, that's cool because it's beat. It's, you know, it's like, then I'll just get a beach volleyball permit and we'll play beach volleyball at the beginning of our lessons. And then we'll play drums. Will that make you feel better? Stupid idiots. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Just let beach brigade like be dude. Leave us alone. How much did they, did you find out how much the permit is? No, the dude hasn't emailed me back. Damn. Shocking. Shocking. I'm going to call him like I'm going to email him today call him um, probably tomorrow just be like hey man I just want these people to let me talk just let like don't because I noticed like like on like I I don't have time to get on another soapbox but like I had to go to the DMV um, on Friday (laughs) yeah my, my license is expired officially today so you know I have to like and I have to get one of those stupid real IDs. And so the hoops you have to jump through just to get a stinking ID to live in a country or in a state that you were born in, the hoops you have to jump through is ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Like, it should be as simple as you looking at my license and then renewing my license with yeah. a real ID. I have to give them my passport. I have to give them my social security card. I have to give them a bank statement. I have to give them my car registration. I have to give them my my expired license. I have to give them five different things. I was born in California. Yeah. And I have a license to drive in California. I have a permit for the United States. I mean, I have a, a, a passport for the United States. There should be no reason why... I can't get a real ID and I have to give them five different things of ID to get a stupid real ID card five? that it's a stupid law that you made up. That's crazy. That's My passport should be fine for me to travel, dude. I can travel inter- internationally with that, but I need a crazier ID to, to travel in the United States. It makes no sense. And so the, the DMV, man, they make you, I noticed that when you go to the DMV, they're trying to tell you the reasons why you can't do something. 
but they're not trying to tell you what you need to do to do something. And that's the way I feel like when you're dealing with the city, they're quick to tell you what you can't do, but they're not quick to tell you what you can do. And so if I call and say, Hey, I have something a little bit out of the box and it's like, it's really cool and it's being received very well by my community. They're quick to tell you, no, you can't do that because we've never heard of it before. Yeah. You know, but if I was like, Hey, I need a permit to do surf lessons on the beach. Okay, cool. Here's the form you need to fill out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. That's what I'm saying. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Yeah. Gosh, man. Don't think that's the only soapbox, Phil. I got a major soapbox coming up. Tell you're feisty today. I got two actually. (laughs) Um, but, but for right now, we're going to take a little bit of a break because I need more coffee. And um, Stephen Taylor is coming right up. Oh, yeah. Yo, Funky Phil. Yo, Corey. We have some great listeners, don't we? Yeah. You know how they can be even more like dope than they already are? Keep listening. Definitely true. What else? Tell all your friends. Also very true. What else? Join the Patreon all good things but you know the biggest thing that they can do is go to drumbrigade.com and check out the merch store yes we have so much like dope swag up there we got men's shirts sweatshirts got women's shirts we got kids shirts yes onesies we got socks mugs phone cases stickers got it all all in different sizes all in different colors just for you so if you want to show the world that you are a drummer with style and you're part of the brotherhood of drums go to drumbrigade.com visit our merch store oh yeah hold on phil are you live yet on instagram not yet oh you're gonna do that in a minute (laughs) i usually yeah i hit record and then i'll go live all right let's go uh i'm just leaving it rolling (laughs) Go All ahead. right. <laughs> Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 93. Oh, yeah. Corey Kingston, Funky Phil. Guess what, Funky Phil? What? We have someone on the line with us. <laughs> uh, you guys have seen him on YouTube, on Instagram. He does all kinds of cool educational stuff. He's the founder of Steven's Drum Shed, uh, the creator of Drum Better Daily System. He does a website membership. Um, fellow Aquarian artist. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Zildjian, Vic Firth, um, all kinds of things. Um, please welcome to the show, Steven Taylor. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks man. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. Cool. You know, it's a it's a Monday starting the week. So yeah, kind of. So kinda. you um, like you had this this whole this whole thing that everybody's trying to do now on lock a long time ago before this COVID thing and all that stuff. <laughs> you were like, hey, let's do like an online drum lesson course thing, like you know Stephen's drum shop drum shed. And now everybody's like, oh, how do I do that? How do I do that? You know? Yeah. And so um, that's yeah. really cool, man. Um, yeah. So I um, I started with videos um, 2009, something like that. And then I opened my drum school in 2011. Okay. And have just slowly grown it from there. Um, yeah, no, I was, a, I was, I mean, I was a, a full-time gigging musician since I've been, I've been, 
gigging professionally since age 16. Well, 15. Wow. I figured it out the other day because I met, I actually, my wife saw me for the first time at my very first gig. Um, so I kind of like nailed two things with one, you know, with one stroke, I got a wife and I got a career. So <laughs> like, that's the way to do it's it. Like, you know, if that's, if there's a winning gig that I got paid 50 bucks for, that was the one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but I, you know, I, things had started to change though. And, and I was just talking to, uh, Jared Falk over at Drumio about this. Um, uh, and he and I are good friends have been for years and, um, I, I felt like whenever I finally got to the point where I had my music, you know, um, uh, degree and I, I had quit college to go play in new Orleans for three years. I got a house gig on bourbon street. Oh, cool. Did that for three years. And so at 19, 20, 21, I was, I was, you know, putting in the, the reps as, as you would call it doing, doing my time. And, um, and I, I felt like I had just not, the music industry had not been represented very well. Um, through drum magazines and things I'd read growing up about what these guys actually did and how they, if did they really make their money full-time playing or if they did, what were the other areas of their life like? Mm -hmm. So what was family life like? What were, you know, finances like? What were, you know, yes, you were playing full-time, but what was the rest of the, you know, life look like? And I just, I came home after a particularly bad gig just, you know, because it, it was, it was that, you know, feast or famine. It's like, take every, everything you can get. Cause you don't know if next month you're going to be able to go out. You don't know, you know, and I know right. everybody's learning that with, with COVID and everything shutting down. And so, um, I just came home. I told my wife, I said, I'm just tired. And I think I'm too young to be tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was only 25. So, uh, I didn't own it. We had just gotten our first computer when I was 25. Cause I, I mean, I was poor. I've been, I've been on my own. I've been working full time since I was 16. And mm. so, uh, and so, um, yeah, we got that. And I, and she said, well, will you ever get back into music? And I said, I don't know. I said, but if I do, you know, I'm going to say when I work and how I work and who I work for and what I do. And I said, I don't know, maybe somebody would want to learn drums online. I don't know if that's a thing. And that was when YouTube was really just starting to pop. Yeah. Um, and nobody had really monetized in a large way that you could really kind of look up and find anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, although you had guys that were doing it like Jared, um, early and, um, and so, yeah, I just kind of decided, all right, well, I'll start a blog and do that for a while and then see where that leads. So, wow. You know, I, I started doing that. In the meantime, I, I auditioned for a group and um, we wind up getting with them and then we got wind up getting signed by Universal. And so I, I did that whole. So, leaving the music industry didn't actually work. For, <laughs> I tried and it didn't really work. I wanted it to. But while I was, I was doing all that, I was, you know, trying to learn how to film video and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been because I went through two downturns in our industry. Um, and wow. it's had a lot of, a lot of, um, people really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but whenever nine 11 hit, I was, I was gigging on bourbon street at a full-time gig there and they took us down to 20% of the alcohol sales, oh, which wow. for a day band is actually not that great. Yeah. Uh, it's actually like 20 cents for every dollar you spend on that beer that you bought one of, cause you're going to shop some more, you know, so it, my pay got cut to a third of what it was. Wow. So I was playing doubles just to make close to what I had been making before. And, um, and then when, um, hurricane Katrina hit our area uh, and just demolished the coast and new Orleans. And that's where I gigged. I gigged mobile, uh, new Orleans, uh, Hattiesburg, the Gulf coast there in Mississippi. And I just remember taking my calendar and just throwing it in the trash. <laughs> All the casinos that I was supposed to play at, like they actually weren't there anymore. They couldn't oh, yeah. find them. They didn't know where they went. Wow. Um, and so it was, 
So this is the third downturn in our industry that, I, that I've seen. And this yeah. time, it only took me two, <laughs> two knockout punches to not get taken out by the third one. So, right. So, yeah. That's um, amazing, man. That's like, I mean, what a story, you know, that's like, like I said, you know, that, the what you're doing, we do a lot of similar things. I forgot to mention your, your fellow podcaster on the, yeah. um, the drum show podcast, the, the drum show podcast. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of similar things, you know, drum, drum brigade started as a drum school. And, um, I just am like, you know, I've always dreamt about being a YouTuber and doing, doing, you know, like what you do or what Mike Johnston does or, or Drumeo or all the above, you know, and it's, uh, man, these days the YouTube thing is just not what it used to be. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's very, you know, it's very different. And yeah. I think that there is, um, a lot of room, but I think that people have to think outside of the box mm-hmm. and which is what we've tried to start doing with, with education as well as um, thinking more as a creator than as a drum teacher that's on YouTube. Right. That makes sense. There's definitely a, a, a thought difference. That's like going into when you're cutting a song, and it's like if you think of yourself as a drummer when you're in that session, you're only going to be thinking from the viewpoint of what is this allowing me to do drum-wise. Right. You know, whereas if you go in and you think of yourself as a musician or as a songwriter, you actually are not thinking at all about the drums. You're thinking about what's happening with the song. Yeah. And then whenever, whenever you get to do something fun on the drums, that's neat. But more importantly, you know, that's secondary to the song. It's like yesterday uh, I was playing a gig. Uh, I actually got to play a couple times this weekend. Things are oh, cool. opening up a little bit here. Now. Wait, hold on. There we go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I mean, it was it was super awkward to have club owners telling people to sit down and you know babysitting. It was a really awkward yeah. vibe. But uh, anyway, I, we were playing a song and and I just stopped it we were, when we were rehearsing. I said, it just feels like you know this isn't sitting right for you. I, I you know they said, yeah, I'm actually struggling with it. I said, I think it's too fast for you. I think this is. You know, even though it's funner for me to play it a little bit faster, I, mm-hmm. I just wasn't concerned about that. You know, so and I think it's the same thing with with something like YouTube. I think there's plenty of room, and I actually think it's never been a better time to be a creative and yeah. a musician because the middleman's been taken away. We can go directly to uh, people that consume whatever it is we do, whatever that may be. Uh, but you're right. I, you know, there's a lot more people doing it, and and YouTube has grown as a platform, so there's just so many more videos. The volume of videos there. It's like, how do you slice through that and, and be a unique voice Yeah, um, is very, without, you know, becoming, uh, I don't know, without becoming a cheesy or doing things just to catch attention, you know? Right, right. Um, how do you do that? So that's a big, it's like, a big struggle, man. These days, it's like people, a lot of people are just giving away stuff for free, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, and if you want to establish like some kind of like, you know, um, um, online, um, online curriculum or online, you know, courses that people can take. It's, it's not impossible. It's definitely, obviously you guys, you're, you're doing a really great job at it, but to start with like, okay, this is what we're going to do now. It's just like, man, (laughs) it's like, yeah. And I still, I still have a lot of parents that are just like, no, we don't want to do that. We want in person. I'm just like, there's only so many lessons you can do in person, you know? You know, it's, it's funny because my son is, he took up the drums about seven months ago and, uh, I got him actually a local teacher here, a fantastic guy and Jeremy McCormick. And he, um, you know, it went to zoom lessons 
right after he had started. And he just, like, I saw the passion kind of just take a nosedive. Yeah. You know, and as they progress further, it was like he missed that one-on-one interaction. That's not for everybody, but he is a very, he loves group activities. He loves being with people almost to an exhausting point because I'm more of an introvert and he is definitely more of a like, let's get together. Let's do a group thing. Let's, you know. And uh, so for him, it was definitely a thing of like, well, if we can't do this in person soon, we're going to have to find someone that will, or I'll do them until, you know. Um, So I think it's a lot of up to the learner, you know. Um, I have some people that swim online and then some that just, it's not good. And then I have some that actually go to an in-person teacher and then use my stuff for, to fill in the gaps. You know, maybe their teacher is a fantastic drummer, but they're not well-versed in world rhythms or don't know anything about jazz or things like that, you know, so they they use it to kind of fill in the gaps of their education, which I think is a fantastic approach to it, actually. Yeah. What a great, what a great tool to have that, you know, at, to your disposal, you know, and it's affordable. It's like, it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, I do like, there's a couple things that you do, like you're talking about being out of the box, um, you know, being a creator on YouTube and, and on social media and all that stuff. So one of the things that you did was um, hired some drummers on Fiverr or like drummers for hire and hired them to, you know, to play to a track or record a track video and audio. And then Mm -hmm. you critiqued it as a teacher. Um, It's kind of like a really cool idea, but then controversial to some people like, who is this guy to judge these drummers? And like, I saw a couple of those comments and I'm, and so we have this idea for like, part of me didn't want to do it, but part of me was like, I wonder if he would do another video with me and funky Phil and we record these tracks and see like, <laughs> see how it goes. and yeah, see, see how it goes. But then I'm like, this dude's going to probably rip us apart and be like, these guys should never be working in the industry. You know, like, <laughs> well, you know, and so the funny thing about that was, um, I really attempted not to rip anybody apart on that video. Yeah. It actually, you know, I did notice that by the way. It was yeah. Like, there, there were a lot of those comments. And I think anytime you dive into, there's different pools in YouTube and it's like, if you dip your toe in this pool in YouTube, it's just full of a lot of people that'll bite you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I knew putting that out, it would be that way. Um, now the flip side of that is I've heard from multiple people in that video, um, that have, uh, contacted me, thanking me for the amount of sessions they got off that video. Cool. Um, and, and the amount, one girl, particularly when COVID hit, she said, you know, this has paid my rent because I was able to, you know, the number of sessions she was getting from that exposure. So, um, you know, I think depends on how we look at it, but, uh, I really did try to do what I think is not done enough these days and was done in a pretty harsh way to me. And both of you probably have had it done. And that's something that, musicians have done for centuries it's called cutting and it's Mm -hmm. where you get on a gig and you are cut on and that happens anytime i go to a studio session that happens anytime they're pushing you to become a better version of yourself and that that, they don't do that by saying oh yeah man you nailed that it was great you know (laughs) they do that by saying hey go do that again and maybe this time sit in the pocket when you do that drum fill those types of things and so um so yeah, you know, we were, my, my team and I were talking about that video because we have quite a few other videos that we're producing that are a little bit different. And, and I'm always really conscious of making sure that I do things above board. And even if people, you know, snark at you and snipe at you, which you're going to, even if they do that, you can at least go to sleep at night going, you know what? I, I ethically did that. I actually didn't do anything wrong, you know? Right. Um, and so, um, and that's with customer service. That's with, and that has cost me a lot of money before by putting things in place that 
we actually didn't have to put in place. You know, you don't have to do a six month reminder, a three month reminder for people that sign up for your program. That is not by law something you have to do, mm-hmm. but it's a service that, you know, some of them appreciate. So it's like, okay, well, let's spend the time and effort to do that because they appreciate that. Um, so with that video, it's funny because the one thing that, that I told the guys, I said, the one thing we did that, that I wish I would have done different. And I actually didn't do it maliciously. I told him, I said, I should have told them I was going to use it in a YouTube video. Yeah. I said, I didn't do that. And, you know, and I, and at the time I actually, it wasn't even a thought on my mind. I thought this would be fun for everybody to me. It would be, you know, um, and, uh, and so, yeah, the next that we actually have a few others planned in different kind of ways, but we're very, very upfront at this point of like, here's what we are. Here's what we do, you know? Um, now, and uh, all of us as professionals, we can look at this and if you offer your services, and this is something I had to learn the hard way and something that, uh, several people I've worked with that offered their services for like, um, songwriting. You send me a fraction of a song, I'll complete it, lyrics and all, and send it back to you. You have all the rights. And there are people in Nashville that have made living for a long time doing that. Very, very good living. Well, what if that song charts, which some of them have, or what if that song gets a big placement, which some of them have, that person has to be okay with being like, yeah, I actually signed the rights to that away. I said that was okay. You know, and Nabisco came and used it and they got paid X number and I didn't get paid anything else. So, um, Part of the Fiverr thing was what was their offer. And then if you offer video and you offer creative rights to the person that buys it, you know, it's up to you you how you use it. Yeah. You don't get a say so in how you, and how they use it. That's exactly correct. Um, it's all in how you kind of word that and phrase it. And, and, uh, so anyway, it was an interesting experiment and one that we're still learning from, Um, and one that I'm still learning from of how we can do it better and and how we can, because really my goal is just education. I just want it to be educational. And it was, it's a very educational look Mm -hmm. at multiple people playing the same track. What is, what is quality? What is not quality? What, yeah. And what is my opinion? Like it's all opinions. uh, You're talking about Aquarian and Chris at Aquarian. And I remember he told me, I gave him some feedback on some, yeah, obviously some unsolicited feedback <laughs> on a drum head. And he said, yeah, well, you know what they say? Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got one. And they all, <laughs> and I was like, you know, it was, it was like a really great way to tell me like, that's, you know, it's so, we're so thankful for your opinion. We, I might know. be the, the that might be the title of the show, by the way, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what's really cool about that. So it's, it's like you said, like we've all kind of been there on sessions where, you know, there's, you think you're doing great. And then they're like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, but I think you could do better or like maybe sit behind the beat a little bit more or maybe play a drum fill like this. And what I did appreciate is the second video you hired professional drummers, you paid a lot of money for these professional drummers. And that kind of set the bar for me where it's like, if I consider myself like I was, first of all, I was blown away by every take that those guys did. I was just like, Oh my, there's one guy that I was like, Oh my gosh, that is It's really sickening. And it really makes me sick (laughs) how great (laughs) they are and how much I love them. You know? Yeah. There was, I can't remember the guy's name, but I was like, that is a, that is a pro take. That is like, if I was going to do it, it reminded me of my drum teacher, you know? And so, but for me, it kind of put things into perspective where it was like, okay, if I, I, I consider myself a professional drummer and I've toured and done all this, you know, everything there is to do with music over the years. And I'm like, if I'm going to do a take on this tune, 
I kind of, I kind of have to, that's the level. I need to be able to do a take like that. Am I at that level? I don't think I am. Like I got some work to do. Well, you, you know, know? What's, you know, what's funny is if you talk to those guys as well, they still will speak as if they're not at that level. Wow. Um, they, they are, you know, when we did the first one with Scott Williamson and Steve and, um, Dan, um, it, it was, it, you know, Scott had to call some friends and call in some favors, even though everyone was paid and everything. Cause it's kind of that thing of like, well, what's he going to use this for? You know, I've yeah. spent my, in Nashville, it used to be cool to not be able to be found. Like you wanted to be that guy that was so off the grid. That's like, Oh, you need to get him. He's a recluse up in the mountains and go find him and he'll cut you a great, <laughs> you know, he'll bring it down from the mountain, this drum track. That's like perfect. Mm-hmm. And that used to be the hip thing. And now it's like, how connected can you be? And so some of these guys are just not accustomed to, you know, having a video in their face while they're doing their job. Yeah. Uh, and these guys, these are the guys that have been doing the job in the music business for years and just not getting uh, accolades for it. They're just in there wow. doing the reps, you know? Uh, and what's funny, they all loved listening to the different takes. Yeah. And each of them, none of them, it was always a thing of like, man, you know, whenever I heard what he did on the bridge, it just really, you know, it made me want to recut mine because, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, they were all, none of them were like, oh, I, you know, I had this in the bag. That was, they were all just, it was like they were learning from it and mm-hmm. looking at the sounds that everyone used and the particular, the similarities and the differences. It's, it's not like they were afraid to point out any of their flaws at all. They were very open to, and actually in some cases wanting to see more of those flaws. Right. Uh, and, um, and that was, that was an interesting thing, uh, how much of a beginner mind all of them maintain. And that's while really at the same cool. time still being able to turn in a track and tell you that's the best you're going to get, you know? Yeah. Because uh, in their in their mind, that is what what they have for the music, you know. Yeah. So it's definitely been a different e- experiment. That um, one was really inspiring for me, where it was just like you know a lot of the stuff that you were saying about the the other the the normal um, fiber drummers that you were you hired on. I was like agreeing with where I was like, yeah, I, th- I don't think it was a bad take, but I just I I see what he's saying, you know, with with you know that accent should have been hit, like you just blew through this one section, like you know. But then when I heard the the pro level one, I was just it was inspiring. It was like, man, that's. That's the level I want to be at. That's what I aspire to be. I want I want to be the the one take guy, you know. Yeah. And I lay down this beautiful track that's like that's the way that track should sound, you know. It wasn't like too stylish. It wasn't too over the top. It was like perfect, perfect, perfect stuff, you know. Yeah. And they're all man, they're all so great to work with. They're all just they're just really good people, you know, humble yeah. guys that are just, you know, looking to make good music and uh and so it was, it's been really fun content to produce and That's be a really part cool. of and, you know, be able to even have my name, you know, in the same uh, video with, with all those guys. It's been, yeah. it's been a lot of fun working with them. Yeah. But and your I, take was, it's a, it's a great way to learn. I think your it's take was killing too, though, man. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. That's, yeah. It's like, I told somebody, I was like, you have no amount. The video doesn't show how much you're in your head whenever you're playing with, because these are guys that I, I wanted to be a full-time studio musician when I moved to Nashville and for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the industry changed. Even the full-time yeah. session guys still are like, yeah, I mean, it's just not the way it, it used to be. So um, that's when I was kind of like, okay, I could continue doing that, but I'm not certain that's, you know, going to be viable enough for family life. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
but yeah, that, you know, I told somebody, I said, you have no idea how much I was in my head because I, I admire all of those guys and had studied them for, for quite a while and listened to them. And, um, so, you know, it, it, you get in your head a lot, which yeah. is a great exercise for like getting in your head. How can you get out of your head? <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why we didn't hit you up and go, Hey, we want to do one. I would, we wouldn't have been able to do it, dude. I'm, I was like, I, that's, I, I would have emailed back and been like, are you sure? Cause it's so stressful. <laughs> it would have been a great segment for this podcast, but it's, I just can't deal with that. Like, you know, I'm all about like, especially a pro like you or, you know, a longtime teacher saying, Hey man, this is what you need to work on. Or this is what you could have done better. But I think it's the YouTube people where it's like, these guys are drummers. These guys suck. Like, I just, I don't know if I can deal with it. Yeah. It's well, and I, and I told all of them before we, I said, look, it's YouTube and they're, you know, gonna do what YouTube does. And that is say unintelligent things. Cause yeah. you know, they, they don't know any better. A lot of the right. times they're just, they're just speaking from a realm of not understanding. Um, and I got into music. Um, I'm not that old. I'm only 39, but I got in and that was, I, I just, from the second week I had my drum set third week, I was playing live on stage. Wow. And like, it's always been about the music. It's always yeah. been about the music. I've always been, had a gig to work for. So the idea of just learning licks for the sake of licks and it just never, I never understood it. Um, and so, uh, so I feel that sometimes there's a huge detachment from what drumming looks like online and what we what we actually do, um, in a, in a live situation and the ability to understand that you can play all those notes and you may have executed them perfectly, but did you pay attention at all to the energy of the song? Cause right. it didn't fit at all with what was happening there. You know, I, I have a, what's going on. I have a similar like story when I was, I started playing professionally when I was really young and, um, I was playing in a country band, believe it or not, when I was like 14 or 15 and the bass play, all the guys in the band were old. They were like in their fifties or, you know, or whatever. And, um, and, uh, the bass player, I remember told me, and I, I did not want to play country. Like I did not want to play country, but it was, it was a gig. So my dad was like, no, you're going to play that gig, you know? And so I right. had to do it. And, uh, but the, the sing or the bass player always said, Hey, you know, when you're playing these songs, he's like, I want you to try something. I want you to try singing either the lyrics or the chorus in your head. And he said, even when it's the solo section, I want you to sing the, the, what part we're on in that song. If we're in, if we're playing the solos over the verse, then I want you to sing the melody of the verse in your head. Yeah. And, and um, I started doing that when I was 14, 15, 16. And it was like, immediately he was like, now you sound like a drummer. Now you sound like a drummer that's playing in a band. You're not playing for yourself. You're playing the music. You're playing, you're playing drums musically now, you know, and that's what you needed. And that changed the game for me, you know, something that I've like taught, you know, and helped other students to do when they're playing in bands instead of just, yeah, man, the drums sound great. You know, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. like, that's when you overplay and you're, you're chopping it up and you're doing this and you're doing it. You're not playing the music, you know? Yeah. I, I remember I was playing a stage show. Was it the music man? Is that the stage show? I think it was. We were playing underneath the stage. I was very concerned because they had built it just for this show. I was really concerned about whether that was going to actually hold up <laughs> while we were underneath oh, the stage. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I remember talking to somebody before and they gave me the biggest compliment you can get. And they just said, the music sounded great. And that's why I told him, I said, that's what I always want to hear. I never really want to hear. I said, the, the perfect situation is where they actually don't even notice I'm playing. 
Yeah. What they notice is how great the music is, how great that musical number was or whatever that emotional moment was on stage that an actor was trying to, to, to get to. And the music was able to propel that to a visual level and, 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 uh, you know, a level where people are listening and it all kind of climaxes. And I was just like one small portion of that, you know, and, and such a small portion that nobody noticed me until they started picking me apart from the others, you know? Yeah. Um, to me, that's, I don't know. That's, that's what makes me, you know, get off on music is that type of thing. So, yeah, man. but it's hard to do whenever you're making drum videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are other musicians in the room. Yeah. Well, man, you do. You, like I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if it means much coming from me, but it, you do a really great job at it, man. So no, and I like I really that. Appreciate that. Thank I you. like that. You're, you're, um, you don't hold back, you know, if something needs to be said, you're going to say it, you know? And like, I, like I, um, noticed there was a, uh, post you posted a few weeks, maybe months ago that like, if you're your student's cheerleader, um, you're doing it wrong or something to that effect. Like you need to be able to tell your student. And so I, I have a little bit different of a approach. I like giving accolades when accolades are due, but, um, but when somebody's doing something wrong, that's not my job to tell you that you did it right. You know, yeah. you got to fix it. And so yeah. I, I appreciate that, that you're like, no, man, like I'm not your, you didn't hire me to be a cheerleader. You hired me to teach you how to do this correctly. And so I'm going to do that. That doesn't yeah. mean that it's all going to be, you know, flowers and, you know, great jobs, uh, participation trophies, you know, it's like, it's cool. I think that's, you know, you know what you're getting, you're getting too. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think teaching is kind of like the job of a, um, I don't know if you've ever taken, uh, you know, a kid to a doctor to get a shot. It's a hugely traumatic experience for everyone involved. And the whole goal is to figure out how to get the needle in the kid without the kid just like without them putting up a, a fist fight. Right. <laughs> and so there's this whole distraction thing they do of, you know, telling a joke or making a funny face. And right when the kid's laughing, which I don't know if this is good or bad, then they poke them. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> you get them right then, you know, and uh, and that to me, teaching's a little bit like that. It's like. It's like, you know, you give them some pats on the back and then you give them a bloody nose. It's like, okay, <laughs> go home and fix the bloody nose and come back and, you know, and that's kind of, I mean, I learned with nothing but bloody noses because I was right. on the gig all the time. And so figuratively, if you will, and, um, you know, you make a mistake and you just go home and go, that was super embarrassing. It was in front of a lot of people yeah. and the band's really mad. How do I not do that ever again? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was a lot of my learning. I mean, one of the biggest, one of the, something I still, and I've said this on a few podcasts, but a, a voice that I hear still hear in my, in my nightmares is Bobby O. He was a sax player and he was in the band that I got in on Bourbon Street. And I was just this young kid at punk rock. I didn't play any, you know, classic rock or yeah, earth, wind and fire, any of the stuff they were trying to play and doing a great job of it. I wasn't, but, um, we had had a couple days off. Our weekends were Mondays and, and Tuesdays and we worked, mm -hmm. Uh, Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, we played one song and got done with the song and the three horns were over here and Bobby O turned around and took his horn out of his mouth and he looked at me and he said, you didn't practice this weekend, did you? <laughs> and my eyes got real big. We're in the middle of like about to count the other song off and I just looked at him and I said, no. And he said, I can tell. And then he turned back around and I was like, wow. Whoa, we still have four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so every time I'll go into a session or a gig and it's like, I don't know something well enough. And I knew, I knew I had the music ahead of time. 
I, yeah. I hear Bobbio like on the stage turning around like, you didn't practice this weekend, did you? It's like, <laughs> no, I didn't, Bobbio. Yeah, I can tell. And then it's just like, you know, you try to hold yourself up to this bar that, you know, uh, that you never really reach. You're always just trying to, you know, do a better job at it. Yeah. That's, that's like, yeah, I've, I think we've all had those moments, man. I've had, I've definitely had a, a bunch of those, many of those. So, Hey, we have this thing, um, called the wheel of death. It's just a random question thing. Ooh, um, if it. we can ask it. maybe one or two, that would be cool. Probably. I'm maybe just Hold on. Let me get a sip before the wheel. <laughs> okay. Death. It's the not, wheel. there's, the there's not death. like, it's not like, uh, you know, no one dies or anything. It's just, uh. <laughs> Just a it would be randomizer. super interesting if they did. You know, I'm probably not legal <laughs> at all. At yeah, all, it's but. not like there's no wrong or right answers. It's just opinions. So if you get it wrong, no one dies. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm going to spin it. Um, and then let's let's see what's up. Whoops. Wrong button. Here we go. There it is. Dang. Perfect question for you. Um, uh -oh. What's the most common mistake you see drummers make today? There's probably, I mean, we could probably talk about this for hours, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm just, I'm, I want to, I want to make sure I phrase it correctly. The most common mistake I see drummers making currently, um, is there, I, there's three I can talk about, but the one that kind of comes the the front of my mind has to do with a lot of what we've talked about. And that is not actually understanding what we do as musicians when we are tasked to go on a gig or play music. Uh, I don't feel like it's represented well online. I don't feel like enough. I feel like when it is, it's, it's, it's belittled as if there wasn't enough done in the music. The, the drummer should have done something more fantastic. Um, and for me, the biggest mistake I see them making is focusing too much on the tools and acquiring more and more tools yeah. <laughs> rather than staying focused on how do I make music with these tools. And uh, I, uh, I can give two good examples. Um, the first would be a painter that is constantly just focused on um, uh, the different, the different paintbrushes he can get and the different, uh, types of canvases he can acquire and the different types of paints he can acquire and then continually repeatedly drawing the same thing over and over to get more of the detail more of never actually producing a painting right just going through the reps of can you you know you know what i'm saying it, and they never take it and go okay so i learned how i'm looking at glasses that's why that's why i'm thinking about glass glass is super hard to draw i don't know if you've ever drawn glass i almost went in it was almost a uh went into um graphic design Oh, cool. Glass is very hard to represent on paper because it's almost like you're representing the glass through the reflection of the glass. Right. And um, so it's like constantly practicing painting glass, but you don't ever actually go paint a glass in a painting that has anything that lets anyone feel anything. You're just painting glasses all day that don't, you know, it's just an exercise. And it's so removed from what I, they actually do as a, as a painter, mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, I can, I think it was Picasso who went through his blue period. And he just was like, fine, I'm going to draw everything, but it's going to be blue. Mm -hmm. And could he interpret the world and make you feel an emotion and make you see something just from this very simple tool of blue, you know? Um, and so for me, the biggest mistake I see is isolating the drums from music 
and not spending enough time critical listening and taking what we're doing in our practice time to the music and then actually editing ourselves and going, okay, so how does that actually sound? Is my ride cymbal hand too loud? What does that snare tuning sound like? All of the intricacies that separate the, the pros that we were talking about, the Dans, the Scots, all those guys, mm-hmm. uh, Dan Needham, Scott Williams, all those guys, uh, Steve Brewster, um, that separates them. And that's the reason they work is because the, of, of their craft and how they use it. They will all tell you they're not the best drummers in the world, yeah. but they are good musicians. And that's yeah. what gets them work. So to me, that's the biggest mistake I see in, in teaching drummers as well as in, in drummers coming up. Man, it's a, that's a controversial um, topic for me because I'm, you know, obviously I think there's a lot I can work on, but I, I see so many, you know, younger drummers trying to get caught up in the YouTube thing and, um, or like Instagram drummers, Insta drummers, like, like the 15 second chop drummers that are just trying to melt your face for 15 seconds, but you know, they, they probably have two hours of footage that they're sifting through. So, and here's, what's the interesting thing is I've talked to multiple professors from multiple large universities and colleges, Berkeley being one of them, multiple professors from Berkeley in Boston, as well as other very large music universities and colleges, just about teaching, you know, riffing like you would. And, um, they have players coming in. I was talking to a, a guitar teacher here in Nashville yesterday. You have guitar players coming in, musicians coming in that just don't know the basics. Yeah, They can shred. And when you go by and you hear them playing that one thing that they can do well, they can do it well. But if you ask them to play something simple like a bossa nova, or you ask them to learn a piece, or you ask them, they can't do it. Right. So they can play this really complex thing for this, you know, one instance, and then you can't do it. And so for me, we've lost something. It's like, okay, well, we're not making good musicians here. Right. Um, and that's what, that's all, that's what all the greats have been. They're good musicians, you know, yeah. however you get there, you got to focus on the music. So I 100% agree with you. Yeah, man. It's a, it's crazy, but I am glad that people are still very interested in music and, you know, um, especially with this time off, I have noticed a lot of interest in, in, you know, parents getting their kids involved in activities and that, you know, being drumming or being music in general. I totally support that. That's cool. I but. do too. And yeah, I got three kids, uh, a 10 year old son, a, a third, he's about to be 13 year old. And then a wow. three year old daughter, uh, Jackson Carter in Brooklyn. And, um, People ask me how I have I made them play music or how did I get them interested in music? And my, my wife asked me this too a few years ago. She said, are you going to make them play an instrument? And I said, no, I'm not going to. Um, I said, if they want to, I'm happy to definitely support that. I love it, but I'm not going to make them. And um, I think that they need to come to it themselves. And so they have all developed an interest in music. And Jackson is now playing. He's playing at church with the, with the middle school Praise group. He auditioned a couple weeks ago. Got cool. it. Nailed it. Nice. Um, and um, so, but the way we got there was nothing to do with drums, man. It would yeah. be like driving in the car, and they liked Dad to drive. And when Mom wasn't there, because he would th- turn it up to thirty-five, you know. And we would roll <laughs> the windows down, and I would turn on whatever they were into, man. Yeah. And then I would just we blare it, and we would just like rock out, like whatever it is, man. It doesn't matter if it's like you know, Jake and the Neverland Pirates theme song, whatever age they're at, like, it's what it, like, just rock that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then I would slowly, like a Zeppelin song would come on. I'd be like, you guys got to hear this, this, you know, and I would tell them some snippets about that. And then we'd go back to just like 
rocking or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and at 21 pilots was one they were into for a while. And, and there's a ton of others, but that, that led to, Oh, I want to be in a band. And I'm like, Oh, cool. You have to learn to play an instrument to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, cool. Well, I want to learn to play an instrument. I'm like, great, let's do that. You know, but we got there through the music and still I keep their passion going as kind of, that's why I didn't want to be his, his drum teacher. I wanted to be the guy that was like, dude, have you, you checked out this track? You got to go check out this uh, Jack yeah. White track, or you got to come check out, you know, whatever this. I just wanted to hang out and, and, you know, do what me and my friends used to do, which is listen to music. Yeah. That's cool. I've always had that kind of thing with my dad. And now we're, we're in a band together. It's like, it has its moments of like, Ooh, this is a, it's a little rough being in a band with your dad, but then there's days where it's like, man, it's great, man. And so we're both, we have an album coming out, um, next month on the sixth. And, uh, it's awesome. First time my dad has been on like a vinyl record. Really? And, you know, he's been a professional jazz singer his whole life. And he's just like through over the moon, like me, we both are. I mean, this is both really special to have something, but it was like, dude, putting the needle on the record and hearing my dad's voice was like emotional. It was like, that's it was really cool, man. Pretty intense, man. So it's like, it's definitely cool to share that, you know, with, you know, that family thing and, and, uh, you know, you guys, you, you guys will probably do that. You'll probably Hopefully. be playing in a band together, you know, <laughs> or at least jamming together. That's really cool. For sure. So, man, Steven, man, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, oh, thanks for having I'm, me. I'm, I'm sorry we couldn't keep you for longer, man. There's just so, there's so many things I want to ask you and like, you know, get, get more information. How did you do this? How did you, you know, but it's, uh, we'll just have to do it on another time. Dude, hit me up um, anytime. Yeah, uh, this is really great. So if people want to get in touch with you or sign up for your online lessons, um, it is uh, Steven with a PH, stevensdrumshed.com. That's right. And And all uh, the information you you need. Email help at stevensdrumshed.com if you got a question. Perfect. Um, And then, yeah, they can check out the podcast, the Drum Show podcast. They can check out the YouTube channel, Instagram. I'm I'm around. And I try to answer as many many messages as I can, although sometimes it gets a, I, I miss a few. Yeah, you're a pretty easy guy to find. You know, you're um you're at the top of the game with this, you know, the the drum school and and then your podcast and all of that stuff. So, um yeah, if people want to get in touch or follow you or look for what you do, just look for your name or um or your stevensdrumshed.com has all the information. Thank you again so much. And then hopefully we can um, keep in touch or cross paths one of these days at NAM or something. What if the world ever goes back to normal? (laughs) I'd love to hang, man. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Cool, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Drum, 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 Drum Brigade podcast. Yes, sir. Yeah. Steven Taylor. You know how bad I wanted to be like, this guy is the, the lead singer of Aerosmith. Please welcome to the show, Steven Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would have went over well, though. Dude, that dude was cool, man. Like, you know, I see him online all the time. And it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to not be. I have to, like, push aside the, like, okay, this dude's like a major teacher, major, like, drummer, major YouTuber. Like, it's kind of hard to not get nervous and get, like, kind of starstruck, you know, like this dude's doing it on a big major level, but whatever, man, you just spin the wheel of death and the questions just come right at you. Yeah, that was good. Now, thank you so much, Steven, for coming on, man. That was really great. And, um, dude, you guys, he's, he's a good teacher, man. He's, uh, he, he knows his stuff and, um, he does it well. He's like, he's, he's like, he's like, like we're, we're the, we're similar in the sense of like, 
I'm really like careful with teaching, but like he's he'll he'll let you know. Like he's very like this is what's good, this is what's not. You know, he's like very cut and dry. Yeah, and um, and he does does really well, a really well job. So, all right, Phil, it's time to get into it. Soapbox time. Bruh. I ain't trying to hear that right now. I told you, Phil, it's a day of soapboxes. <laughs> uh, well. I've had this same soapbox a many a time. Uh-oh. Someone touch your symbols? Someone touch them symbols or what? No, not that soapbox. Had to go to Guitar Center again. <laughs> and every time I go to Guitar Center, you might as well just bank on it being a freaking soapbox, dude. First of all, I had to buy drumsticks full price. Whoa. Yeah, full price. But it was getting... Dude, do you know when you get like desperate measures, you know, and it's like you're using sticks that aren't even the size you would use. Like I was using three A's. I don't Ooh. use three A's, dude. <laughs> like, you know, and like we've ran out of drum brigade five B. So I was like either had to use drum brigade seven A's, which are way too small for me. And then all my other sticks are just like, dude, they're just on the verge of breaking. They're just, just like, and then so I called Haram to try to get some like a shipment st- sent to me and they're just like dude we're like on full lockdown we're we're there we're not making anything right now. Ah, oh, that sucks. So I'm like I I can't wait. Like I got a gig this week. Like I'm heading to a gig and like I need drumsticks so I'm going to have to bite the bullet and just pay for them full price. So I went and bought some Vic Firths and you know, they're freaking nice sticks though, man. We're playing 5 get? A's. I just got five A's and then I got, I got, I got like six pairs of five A's and I got like two pairs of, um, either Jack Dijonets or, uh, Peter Erskins, Peter Erskins. Ooh, the ride stick. The ride stick. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite sticks. I just can't use them for like rocking stuff. Yeah. They're light. They're for light work. I've never played a stick that's so balanced though. The balance. Peter Erskine stick, man. So quick. Um, and have it you, just sounds so great on your ride symbols, you know? Have you used the Keith Carlock stick? Uh I've I might have like messed around with it, but it um it's yeah, it's good. I feel like they've got a really similar balance to the ride stick, but with like a more of like a barrel tip. Okay. So they're a little have a little more like you know, they're a little louder. I feel like just yeah. by a little bit. They have a different tone, you know. I don't, that's the thing too about the Jack Dijonets too, is they last for so long. Cause you don't, you're not, when you play with those sticks, you're not like banging your drums really hard. You shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so those are, those are really great. Yeah. The Keith Carlocks I think are really good. I used to really love the Dennis Chambers drumsticks. I think those are Zildjian sticks though. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, what's crazy is, uh, um, the, uh, Jojo Mayer sticks are like really short and they're white. Those are dope, but they're uh, they're too short for me, dude. Um, I haven't. I used to have some pairs of um, Mark D. Remember Mark Dicciani? He came on once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has his own Vic for a stick. That's like uh, it's a little thicker than a five A, and it has a a barrel tip, mm-hmm. and but it's got like a a lacquer finish, so it's oh. like smooth. Yeah, those things were nice too. I feel like you can. Dang. I feel like you would like those. 
Yeah, I would love to try those. Back in the day, like when I was playing in Agrolites and stuff, the 55A was like my jam, dude. I used those like I couldn't use any other stick. They're like a little bit longer. I love those. Oh, yeah. I think I've got um, a pair of the... Or they're maybe they're just a little bit beefier, like slightly beefier than a... Maybe they're not longer, but they're beefier than a 5A. Yeah. Nothing feels better in my hands than a 5A, though. That's just like... They just... Yeah, I'm playing like, you know, not like Haram sticks are really good. Drum Brigade sticks are really good. But I have it's been so long since we've had 5As of Drum Brigade that having a 5A in my hand is just like, oh, man, <laughs> this is what a, what it's supposed to feel like. You know, I've been I've been literally because of quarantine, I've been literally using whatever sticks I have. And I don't have like I've gone through all my 5As. So I've been using Drum Brigade 5Bs. I've been using the, the Vic for 3As. And I had three A's when I was like playing in like some rock band or some punk band or something. So I needed like a little bit bigger sticks. So, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I bite the bullet, go to guitar center, pay full price for my drumsticks. I go in there. It's a little bit more organized than it usually is. is but there's these dudes San in Marcos? there. San Marcos. Okay. There's these dudes in there that are like, they don't know anything about drums. They're just trying to get, uh, they have a broken bass drum head from their church. And they, so they don't know what to, to get. They don't know what to buy. They don't know. They're just like, we need to replace this. So whatever their pastor or whatever sent them like, go to the music store, get a new bass drum head so we can have our music at our church. So they go, they're like waiting by the counter forever. Like usual. And then they've like asked for some help. And then this girl comes back there and I think it's the same girl that wanted to sell me the DW play anywhere kit for full price yes. or like 10, 10, like, like $8 off. Yeah. And it was like hammered. Yeah. Like somebody else was using it for beach brigade and it's just rusty and junk. All right. Well, anyways, she comes back there and she's like, you hear her talking about this bass drum head. She's like, oh, okay, so you need to replace one of those. Oh, okay, cool. Um, uh, well, we have a couple different kinds. Um, so we have this brand, Evans, and then we have this brand, uh, Remo. And um, so it just depends on what you want. And they're like, okay, well, what's the difference? Uh, well, there's not much difference. Like, I mean, this one's like probably, it, it's probably like, like $8 more. But I mean, that's it. Not looking up, not like, hey, the price difference is this much. Hey, let me look up the website and see, like, nothing like that. Well, it's probably like a couple bucks difference in price, but there's not really much difference. Solid advice. I'm like, what the heck? And they're like, okay, I guess we'll go with Remo since this one is Remo. And then she's like, okay, well, uh, I have to get a tape measure to measure this to make sure we get the right size. I'm like, it's a 22. I'm looking at it like it's a 22, you bozo. She's she literally goes to the back, gets a tape measure, and then measures it. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm biting my tongue, like oh my god. And then she's like, okay, so like yeah, this one's uh, it looks like it's 22 inches. So um, you'll just want to go with one that's the same size. How about you get the old one and you put it on top of the new one and then see that it's the same size. You went and got a tape measure. You really just went and got a tape measure. And then she's like, 
she's like, okay, well, there's a couple different ones here. Do you want one that's like white or do you want one that's like white. that's like clear? <laughs> well, like they're like, well, what's the difference? Well, I, I don't think there's much difference. I think it's just the color. Like, what pref- what do you prefer? I'm like banging my head against the wall. It's just the color. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, this is so and good. so, dude. I'm like, I'm I'm just like, oh, I'm like trying to be nonchalant and just like get my drumsticks, but I'm like, oh, you didn't you, jump uh, in there and help these guys. No, so so then they're like, <laughs> okay, well, we just. Does it sound different? No, they don't really sound different. It's just a difference in price. I'm like, unbelievable. So then I go, so finally I'm like, I can't take it. They're like, well, we just don't want it to break again. You know, this one broke. And so they had like a stock, like single ply kick drum head on there. Oh. So I was like, yeah, you, you're not going to break it. So they're, they're like, I go, Hey bro. I go, Hey, you need one of these too. And I like pit, pulled one of their, like the sticker, beater guard things that you know the yeah. sticker where your beater hits yeah so they're like so meanwhile there i go this is that you you need one of these too and then the girl is kind of like offended because i'm doing her job yeah and i'm like if you have one of these you won't break your drum head again i'm like just get one of these okay we'll get one of those so then i hear them telling her well we have this part here and basically they had like a um like a uh tama beater and the felt, like the felt that's glued onto the plastic part, fell off. Yeah. So they're saying we need this part, and the girl's like, "Yeah, we don't sell those. We don't sell that." <laughs> and she's what? like, "I mean, you can probably call like whatever company that makes this beater and get that part, but we don't sell those here." So that's when I'm like, "Hey, bro, you guys need one of these," and like gave them the sticker. And I'm like, this is the cheapest one. It'll totally work. And then they come over to me and they're like, hey, do you know where we can find this part? And I'm like, yeah, you need a new beater. I'm like, here, here's the same one. I said, but you, if you don't want to get a new beater, you can just turn it around and use the other side. And they're like, oh, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's two-sided. And then they're like, well, what's the difference in the sound? Because they were like holding like a felt one. They were holding like the, the Tama one. And I'm like, there's a lot of difference in the, the way it sounds. I said, so if you use this wooden one, it's going to have more attack. If you use the felt one, it's going to be like a softer sound. And they're just like, oh, okay. So then they grab a new beater off the wall. I'm like, yeah, I work here now. Thank you very much, lady. <laughs> this should give and then you a she, commission. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to butt in and be like, well, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that's what you meant. I didn't know you meant you needed a whole new one of those. Clearly. And I'm like, yeah, clearly. You're telling them we don't sell those here when you have a freaking wall of them right here, you dummy. <laughs> and so I'm like checking my sticks on the floor to make sure they're not bent. And they're like, oh, so do you know a lot about drums? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like, I'm a drummer. Like, and I'm like, sorry, man, they don't know anything that you know about this here. And so they're like, I'm like, they don't know anything about anything at Guitar Center. I'm like, if you need something, just let me know, man, and I'll help you out. Aww. And they're just like, they're like, oh, that's cool, man. Thank you so much. And like, they were like these, they, they were like from a Spanish church. So they're, they were just like, they were like trying to get, they were like, do you know about Jesus Christ? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, man. Like, you know, I'm just here to get drumsticks right now, you know, like, and they're just like, oh, okay. Um, 
and they're and like they're super nice guys man they were totally nice yeah and so i'm like are you guys drummers and they're just like no they're like i play a little bit of piano but maybe our our drummer is a kid and he needs help with drumming and i'm like oh well i'm a teacher and so like i was just and the girl was like kind of like she, you could tell she was just kind of like, well, I technically work here and you're just some Joe Schmo. And I'm like, well, learn your, learn. If you, no one works in the drum department and somebody has to jump in there, learn a little bit about the drum department. Yeah. You know? And so she's like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I'm like, no, believe me, you couldn't help me with the help I need. <laughs> and so I just grabbed my sticks. And I, and so then I was like, Hey, like I found like a, a brick of five B's and they were like a, a cell um, on like a, a brick of sticks. And she's like, I go, if I put together a brick of five A's, she has no idea what five A's are, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can I get the same price? And she's like, no, we, we can't do that. But if you can find something online, we'll beat, we'll beat any price online or we'll give you the same price. So I found like a, a brick of like six sticks or half a brick on, on Amazon. Uh-huh like 60 bucks for for like you know so it was like it's probably cheaper to like or something no it was like 50 bucks or something like for so um so they like beat that price and they they had to like yeah do all this stuff so they had to like look it up and all this stuff but i was just like then those guys were like asking me like um they're like, yeah, we just don't want it to like we were standing in line. They're like, we just don't want our bass drum to break. Or they were like, we just don't want our drum to break again. And I said, well, the one that you have came with the drums. And I'm like, so it's it's gonna break no matter like you're always supposed to replace the drum head, the drum heads. And I'm like, so yeah, I said, with that one, you won't break. They got like a pinstripe. And I'm like, you're not gonna break that one. You're not gonna break that one. I'm like, especially if you have that sticker on, you won't break it. I'm like, they're like, well, this one's been on for like a year. And I'm like, okay, well, you'll at least be able to have it for a year. But I'm like, you'll probably have it forever. It won't break. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's really cool. I'm just like, what the heck, Guitar Center? How do these people get jobs? What the heck, dude? Yeah. Stupid Uh, idiots. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Another great story from, from Adventures in Guitar Center. Dude, that place needs to go out of business, man. As much as I, I hate to say that, because I and when you're in a bind, you need a couple pairs of five A's. They do have them. They are True. always so confused too when I go in there and buy like six pairs or eight pairs of sticks. They're really? just like, "Oh, you're buying that many?" I'm like, "Yeah, I would have bought more if you had more in stock." <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, okay." So, like, they've never seen anybody buy more than one pair. That's so funny. You know, it's like so weird. It's like, dude, I when be like years ago when I would leave on tour, they would give you they would give you like a ten percent discount or whatever. So you could get stuff for cheap if you'd say, like, can I get um like artist pricing? And so I would get like I would go in there. There's one time I went, I was leaving on tour and I bought like two brick like full bricks. Like I bought like, you know, whatever, twenty-four sticks or whatever. And they were like, or something, something. I bought like a bunch of drum heads and I bought a bunch of like two or three bricks of sticks. And it was like two bricks of 55 A's and then one like, or two bricks of five, five B's and like a bunch of drum heads for my whole kit and like all this stuff. And it was like, it was just the band I was going out with was paying for it. Yeah. And so they were just like, what is this guy doing <laughs> buying all of these sticks? 
I was like, well, how much is it just for this whole thing? And it was like their stock, you know, they get bricks sent to them and then they break them apart and sell them individually. No, those aren't, those aren't for sale. I'm like, well, I need all of them. So just what, how much is it going to cost me? And they're just like, oh, I like, they just like, it's never seen it before. It's so weird. So it's so different than in there now, dude. It's just so, so different, man. It's so different. Like just no, no real like working drummers or musicians go in there to buy stuff. Yeah. So bizarre. It's really, it's really gone downhill. That's gone straight downhill. <laughs> and every time I go, it is a nightmare. <laughs> I, I'm like, it's, it must be written all over my face. I'm so irritated every time I walk, like I step foot in Guitar Center. They're just like, they're trying to be nice. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, enough of the nonsense. Let's just, like I was saying, dude, 42 year old version of me is just enough, enough with the nonsense, dude. I still Let's still go on a field trip. I, I can't take one. it, dude. I just get mad. I want to do a field trip to uh, Sam Ash with you. Sam Ash is different. They know, they know, like if you ask them about drum stuff, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. It would and be like, fun to go to a guitar center and just like ask them all sorts of, you know, really specific questions. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that is worse than the drum department at guitar center is the keyboard department and like the sound, like DJ, <laughs> it's like all combined, like DJ lighting microphones, you know, and like sound equipment, like keyboards is like it's kind of all encompassed into one little thing. Yeah. You go in there, those guys, those guys I want to punch in the face. <laughs> they, they like act like they know everything there is to know about everything, dude. Yeah. Makes me so mad. Um, all right, cool. Um, I got a topic of the day that's somewhat of a soapbox. Another one. All right, so. Drum, 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 drum Brigade Podcast. It's a bit controversial, Phil. Um, so you you work in a band. You work in a band with a couple bands with female singers. Well, I used to. I don't work in any bands right now, really. Oh, well, you just played a gig, <laughs> wasn't that with Cassie B? Yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. So, I just have, you know. But Cassie B is a sweetheart. She is. You know, and a lot of these girls that I play with are sweethearts. But there's some, dude, where it's just, it's like, I hate, I'm not trying to sound like a male chauvinist or sexist or anything. So that's where I want to be careful because I'm not trying to stereotype all women musicians. Mm -hmm. That's not acceptable. Not even on this show. (laughs) I'm I'm in a dilemma right now. I'm in a situation. What's up? Um, and, and like I said, this is somewhat of a soapbox, but I've, I've had some problems with some like female singers. Like I haven't had too many problems with male singers. There are some male singers that I think are complete fools and douchebags, but like, um, I still haven't had a, like a problem where we're like in a, in a situation. So you guys know my history or I've, I've gotten on a soapbox about this with another band that I used to work with. Um, I'm not going to say their name because they do not deserve the public publicity. Um, but female singer was a lead, the leader of the band, her and her husband. Okay. And, and at the beginning of it all, they're nice people. They were, they were pretty nice people, but they, um, the wife was a, was a problem, man. The wife was a major problem. Okay. Um, and she had the husband by the cajones, dude. (laughs) 
And so the husband was the little freaking puppet tool that would just like have to carry out her dirty work and she would just get a stick up her butt. And all of a sudden it was like, she was, she was pissed off about someone in the band and you were just waiting for it to be your turn. It was like, I did nothing wrong and I got fired from this band. And I literally like, I'm not saying this like one-sidedly, like I did nothing wrong, but like, they just made up some stuff, some nonsense that like was just like, that is no reason. There's no reason why you guys couldn't come and talk to me yeah. and say, hey, we're having a problem with this. It was like they had a problem with somebody else in the band and they linked me in with that problem and they were like, they come as a duo. So we're getting rid of both of them and we're not even going to tell them. We're just going to get rid of them. Yes, I remember this. Yes. Okay. Then push came to shove and they didn't have a drummer because their new drummer decided he didn't want to play with them anymore. So they thought the grass was greener on the other side and we're going to go for this guy. And that guy was like, never took that band serious. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm freaking canceling gigs for them. Yeah. This other drummer was like, whatever, it's a paycheck and ended up. They had a big gig and he couldn't make it. So guess who they started calling to try to butter me up. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, well, how's drum brigade, man? Like, and I'm like, I, no, we're not doing this. No, we're not <laughs> playing that game. <laughs> hey, we thought, man, you might, you, you know, we wanted to throw it out there and see if you'd be willing to like play again with us. And I was like, no, I'm not interested. Not interested. Okay. Well, my dilemma right now is very similar to this. So that being said, like that's one major female in a band that, but she had, she was like really unstable and like really just, she would go through musicians in this band, other female singers and stuff like that, where they would, they would, she would just fire people. Like she'd just get rid of people or she'd just get all super catty with people. And then, yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough. So anyways, um, then like I've had other problems with actual singers where I'm just like, I have respect for you as a singer, but we just can't work together. You know, like we're just, then there's other singers though, like, like Rebecca Jade and, 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 um, Drea and, you know, um, a couple others that I'm like, they're great. Like I have nothing but love for them. They are like, they are great. They're amazing at what they do. They're, um, I I just, yeah, I don't have a problem with them at all and never, I don't think I ever will, you know? Um, so there's just a difference. Anyways, I have a problem right now with this, this chick that is, um, in my opinion, gotten a little big for her britches. Um, she's, she's a pretty decent singer, pretty decent performer, but she's not like what she thinks she is. Um, before, before COVID, I was playing with this band very regularly And it was the same situation where I was turning down legit gigs that I had or turning down, um, you know, other gigs that like I'm a little bit more loyal to, to play with her to try to, you know, I don't know. And I had stuff like, like not lined up, but her name was definitely in the mix for like, Hey, I should like try to use her in, in other ways. Like maybe like with actual artists, like, um, actual record labels and stuff like that, that I have connections with where they can take her and make her make a hit song for her, you know? Um, and I've, I've worked with girls like that. I've worked with artists 
you know, like that, that I'm like, they've taken one girl and like had a hit song that's on the radio every day. Um, anyways, I was talking about doing another project with this, this, this person. And like, so before COVID, I was working regularly with her and then COVID happened. No one's working, but then they just kind of kept still kept working. They're like their, their major, their main gig is at a casino. They just keep working. Mm-hmm. But somehow like my phone just stopped working. all of a sudden my phone just doesn't work anymore. And so, look, I don't have a problem with like, if I'm not your guy, I'm not your guy. But there's like etiquette in our industry, in our world, industry, whatever you want to call it. And being a musician, this is a soapbox I've gotten on, like the rich guy that decides he wants to be a musician. And then he comes in and tries to run his musicians like he ran his, his business. That's, that's not how this works. There's etiquette. There's a way to do things. And so that's how I feel with this girl is like, bro, you're like, you're young. You're new at this. Even though you think that you're paying all kinds of dues and your people are telling you you're great. And you, you have a, a fan base now, a little fan base. Like you still only really play one place and you've gotten those people under your, uh, like, you know, they at your beck and call. They, they want, they love her. That's great, dude. More power to you. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. It's all great. But there's a way that you treat your musicians. You don't burn bridges. You know, when you burn bridges, then fools get on their podcast and stop, start talking about you. <laughs> or they talk to other musicians and be like, yeah, that girl's whack. And then you stop working eventually. What comes around goes around, bro. And like... I'm not like, I'm not saying that like I need this gig and all that stuff, but when push comes to shove, dude, and when people need work, you just all of a sudden decided to kick me out of your band when I was like, when I was trying to be loyal and like, uh, bailing on a lot of my work and a lot of my personal, you know, things so I can play with you to be there for you. I was like recommending you in all these different situations. I helped recommend you on like getting in other bands, dude. And so now all of a sudden when push comes to shove, you're just going to not call me all of a sudden. You're just going to, you're not even going to not call me. You're not even going to have a conversation with me and say, Hey, it seems like there's a scheduling conflict or, Hey, you know, it seems like we're going to take this. I just want a steady band. That's going to be with me all the time and not anybody else. Have that conversation with people, but don't just like, posting stuff every week like what the heck happened to me what did i do and you know what dude your drummer your drummer is not like great your drummer is like outdated you sound like you have a band from the 90s now (laughs) you don't sound like you have a pop band you do not sound like you have a pop band and you know what dude i've i don't i feel the same way about that drummer that's bad etiquette you don't take somebody else's gig yeah you don't, I've, I, dude, I've gotten offered gigs. And the first thing I've, I've said is like, Hey, I don't want to take somebody else's gig. Yeah. I have to hear it from them. It's not like that. I can't make it, you know, but I'm not going to just come in and swoop in on their gig. That's happened to me twice. Once by a guy that I was, I was friends with. Dang. So I'm like, first of all, who the heck do you think you are? Like, 
at the end of the day, you're 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 like playing at a casino, bro. Like you're not like you're not some big pop star, and that's the problem that I've I've been facing with these these like girl singers. It's the same problem that I had in this band with her husband, with this girl's husband. She like literally thought she was the freaking pop star that we were covering. She'd walk into these like corporate events and be like, like how dare they don't have our writer filled? How dare they don't have a like our food, like, you know, and it's like, you're going to really just treat us like this. And I'm like, what is the problem? Like we have a dressing room. Yeah. We should have three dressing rooms. I'm like, dude, like how dare they don't have our food. I'm like, but that wasn't part of the contract. Was it? If it's part of the contract, then say, Hey, it was part of our contract. You need to have our food here. Yeah. But you're not a freaking rock star. We're playing a corporate event, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like the same thing. Like, Oh, so you, you get a couple regular, you get a residency at a casino and now all of a sudden you're a freaking rock star and now you're firing people and you're just going to be like, I don't need him anymore. Cause you're on top. Like, I'm sorry, but dude, I've been doing this a long time. I played my drums all over the world and I've played for people that don't even speak my language and they know the lyrics to my songs. You know what I mean? I've done this before. I don't need some little girl to be like, yeah, I'm moving on next. Hmm. these hoes ain't loyal phil these hoes ain't loyal dude yikes there's a reason why that's a saying dude and so i i'm sorry man like i don't mean to sound like you know i'm bigging myself up but i've paid a lot of dues man i've paid a lot of dues and i've done i've i've done things that you will never do that little girl will never do i've been on tour playing arenas when i haven't even been able to eat like you know, I've, I've been starving on tour, you know, playing the biggest shows of my life, but not being able to afford to freaking even buy a sandwich. Yeah. You know, I've done stuff. I've done tours where I've had to sleep on the floor of some random people's house, some punk rockers house that I don't even know. And I'm afraid of getting flea bites. I've done tours where I'm the most comfortable place in the world, like in a, in a bus you know, where I've opened my bunk window and there's freaking Amsterdam outside my window. You know what I mean? I've done like some crazy stuff in my career. I don't need your stupid gig at a casino. But you know what? The the cool thing would be like when, when times are tough right now, when a lot of people don't have gigs, that's when you're going to decide to fire me. It sounds like, and like you didn't even get fired. They just didn't even talk to you. Yeah, you just, you're just, you don't know me anymore. When I've gone to bat for you, I've literally gone to bat for you. That's, that's freaking, not, I don't think so, dude. I do not think so. No. Mm-hmm. Uh uh-uh. uh. So I'm like, no, I have a problem with you now. I have a problem with you. You can think I don't, but you don't want to have a problem with me. Ask, ask, I can give you a couple names of girls that you don't want to have a, a problem with me. <laughs> you know, like, it's, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not saying that I'm, gonna, I'm not, that's not a threat. I'm just saying that's bad etiquette. There's a way to do things in this music industry. You are new to this music industry and that's why you don't know that. Gosh, dude. Man. Feisty today, dude. Feisty I'm telling Corey. you. People make me mad though. People make me freaking mad when they don't, they, it's just, what do you think this is? You're a freaking princess. <laughs> You know, it's like I was talking to a guitar player, same band, same band. And I said, yo, man, we were on a gig together. 
And I said, yo, what's up with that gig, man? He's like, I don't know. They just stopped calling me. I'm like, you too? I'm like, I, I thought I was the only one. He's like, to be honest, man, I'm not happy about this. He's like, I was actually pretty pissed. And I'm like, well, at least you're not the only one, man. I thought I was the only one. He's like, no, it was like one day they were calling me for gigs and I, it was a good gig. I, I liked playing with them. I thought it was, I was always friendly. I was always nice. And then one day they just stopped calling me and there's a new guitar player in the mix. Yeah. And of course there's like all sorts of social media posts. Yeah. So yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> it's so, that is so, that just like, look, man, whatever about the gig. That's, I can't say that enough. Whatever about the gig and whatever about the artist, this, this chick. But it's like, have you no shame? Like, have you no class? Are you that dumb? Are you that dumb to think that you, you, don't, you don't know, like, you don't know that people are going to see this? Like, you don't think that you're offending people? You don't care that much? You really think that people think you're that great? That you can just screw people over, give a give a blatant middle finger to all these musicians that were loyal to you. You think people are just going to be down with that? Because ev- because you have a few fans now, and like, uh, uh-uh, uh, get over yourself, get yeah. over yourself, little girl. I feel like either she's either oblivious. I'll tell you what it is, or she doesn't care. She's very self centered. She's caught up in her own thing, man. People, people, when you have, when you, even if it's on a small scale, dude, when you have people that are like, really like what you do, you know, when you're young too, it changes you. It changes you. And, um, it, 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 it's dude, I look at, I look at like the perfect example is not, not to beat a dead horse, but a perfect example is Rebecca. Rebecca does have a major gig. She does. I mean, she's, has has the credentials to to back her her who she is you know she's not like that at all nope yeah everybody loves rebecca jade and she can she rightly she could be like that yeah. she's not and she's super humble and and cool and so i mean you know i hate to name her like that you know that's not but she i, I you know she's a close friend and i i think she's an incredible artist and a hard working musician but she actually works in the actual industry and she knows how this crap works there's etiquette there's a way there's protocol on how you do things if you don't want to work with a musician dude that kind of stuff happens sometimes it's not a match but you don't do it like that. You don't burn bridges in this industry because this is a small industry and people know each other. And there is going to be another day down the road when you're going to need people. And when you burn bridges and you freaking make a bad name for yourself, that gets around quick, especially in San Diego. Yeah. I'm sorry. So you go ahead and have fun with your 90s sound and freaking Bell Bib DeVoe drummer. Go for it. <laughs> Bell Go for it. You like those stupid high, like, you know, giant rack toms sounds. Those kind of fills. Go for it, man. Have fun with that. I love that fill. Uh, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's cool if you're playing freaking Poison by Belle Bid DeVoe. I'm just saying that, like, I'm not saying that's a bad fill. I'm not saying, like, hey, you can't use that fill anymore. I'm just saying it's it's you know there's a there's a comes a time where you have to play like 
bucket of fish. The freaking John Bonham style drum fills. That there's just music that calls for that. Yeah. That was like the hot fill, you know, when John Bonham was alive. Uh-huh. That's an easy fill now. Yeah. I, I, I don't I mean I don't know how else to explain this. It sounds like I'm being really close minded about drumming. I love drumming. I'm just saying, dude, your drummer is is fine. He's fine. But you know, I'm just I'm just saying like You're mad at her. You're mad at her drummer. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's bad etiquette for your drummer to just be like blatantly steal a gig and then be okay with that. That's bad etiquette. That's yeah. not what the brigade is about. Well, you you know, yeah. I mean, you don't know what she told him. She might have, she may have told him that everything's cool and, you know, this and that, and he didn't get the whole picture. So I feel like you can't, you can't hate on him too hard if you don't, you know, I guess he could have been lied to. Yeah. I I mean, it was the same thing for the other guy that replaced me in the other band. It was like, Hey man, this is just a gig. And like, you know, I don't care about this gig. And I'm like, yeah, but it was my gig. You know, if if if, it, if the tables were turned and that was your gig, I would say this dude's my boy, and I'm not going to take this gig. You know, you're going to need to work it out with him before I can agree to play with you guys. But they were like, no, he doesn't want to do it. You know, and so it's like it's like you said, they don't they don't know. But anyways, this guy this guy is he's probably fine. It's 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 her though. It's her. I just the topic of the day is like. Have you ever had that problem? And like, what do you do to like, what do you do? Like for me, that's what I do. I'm like, nah, forget you. And now we're done. Don't even like, don't even don't you lose my number for one. Like, even if you're in a bind and you need somebody, your drummer breaks his arm or something. Don't call me. Cause that ain't going to happen. I don't care if I need the gig. I ain't playing with you. I'm not interested. And I'm I'm actually pissed if I'm on another gig with her. I'm not, we're not, we're not cool. We're not cool anymore. We're not talking. We're not hanging. We're not, hey, how's it going? I miss you. Hugs. No. Get away from me. Yeah. You got the Ronas. <laughs> you got the Ronas. So, yeah. <laughs> Beat it. There's girls, dude, that I am like so down with. Like whenever I play a gig with Drea, it's like pff, funnest. Dude, it's so nice. And there's like other girls out there that I'm not like super close with, but it's just like these girls can play, they can sing. There's girls that I've had beef with that I'm like, hey, like it's not, I only had beef because I thought you had beef with me. There's one girl that like, okay, there's one girl that I had beef with. Like I had, we had it out on stage and um, we had it out. I've gotten on a soapbox about this. Um, It got heated we both left on like bitter terms and I, I apologize the next day. Like, Hey, you know, I didn't mean to disrespect you in front of everybody, but what I said, I meant, you know, I'm not going to get into what I said because it was, it was just, it had to do with her and the way that she cues the bands. And, and then when she would mess up the, the cueing, she would blame the band, but we were just trying to follow her. Well, because me and her had it out, there's another girl that was like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable around Corey. I don't want to work with Corey anymore. I'm like, what did I do to you? I don't even know you. And so we did a gig together and I was just my normal self, like professional was like, yeah, you sounded great. And then she was like, oh 
Yeah, what I said about Corey, yeah, that's not true. Like, I don't mind working with Corey. Well, yeah, because you're going to limit a lot of gigs that you get because I'm on most of these gigs. So if you don't want to work with me, then you're going to probably like relinquish 90% of your gigs with this band. (laughs) So my how the tables, my how the table has turned. What is this thing? And my how the tables has turned. What is the thing? I think that works. (laughs) (laughs) Now all of a sudden you're cool with me, but you also realize, find out for yourself. My beef with this girl is unrelated to you. Yeah. These girls need to get over themselves, dude. So you're saying you don't have these kinds of problems with with uh, male band leaders? I probably would, but like, I don't know what it like. I have like, dude, don't get me wrong. I've had a soap. I've had many soapboxes about male band leaders, but I can tell you one thing. I've I've maybe gotten into it maybe once with Marcel, and that was because I hit somebody with my drumstick that was trying to touch my cymbals. <laughs> um classic and so he had a firm talking to with me like hey don't do that again never once have i ever gotten into it with lily i worked with lily every single week for like a year and a half or two years Uh never have i gotten into it once not once not even close not even close like dude lily pissed me off today nothing like that Mm. so that's what i'm saying it's a certain type like I love playing with Lily, dude. She's super cool. Yeah. I love playing with like there there's a bunch of others, like a bunch of others in town that I'm like, yeah, she's great, man. She's great. But there's probably like three singers in town that I'm like, never again. Never again. They could call they could be blowing my phone up and I won't work with them. No. Mm. This one's on that list now. I guess so. <laughs> I think that's the that's my number three. There's three singers on the list that I'm like I'm not cool with this girl. I'd prefer to not work with her. Uh huh. And like, she can try to talk to me all she wants. I'll I'll be the first one to tell her. You know, I there's one of her the dude that she has singing with her. Uh, she has like a, a male singer that sings with her that she, you know, tries to control. I think, in my opinion, he's a nice guy, though, really nice guy. I was like kind of ripping into him on this gig, dude. Like, yeah, what's up with your home girl, dude? And he's like, well, don't ask me, man. Don't ask me. And I'm like, yeah. And so I basically said the same thing I just told you. I've been doing this for too long, man, to deal with that crap. And he's like, all right, man. Well, you know, that's my friend. So I'm not going to say nothing. I'm like, yeah, well, you, you you can not say nothing. I'm letting you know. I'm being real with you. You can tell her. I don't care. So, yeah. Anyways. Freaking! Ne- this show's turning out negative, man. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Happy now let's birthday. talk about positivity. <laughs> I thought that would be a good topic of the day, but it's like it's just me on a soapbox again, Phil. Because you work with Cassie B, and she's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's awesome. Does she ever try to control Ryan, like into like into dictating the band? But it's really her. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like. No. Phil needs to fix his timing and he needs to play harder. But then Ryan has to be the one to tell you, Hey man, you know, it's just some things that we're concerned about. Like, you know, that's how this band would be. Nah, no, everything's pretty mellow. I don't know. Yeah. They kind of, they, they run the band together. They're very unified. Yeah. And I I couldn't, I was, I was in a band with my, with my ex-wife. Not fun, man. We didn't run the band though. It was just like we were in a band together. 
Yeah. I was really hard on her. I, that's the other thing, though, I know. My wife says all the time to my current wife, she says that I'm really hard on singers. And I am, though. I am. You have to bring, you have to bring your A-game. You have to, like, you're basically representing, you're the face, you're the package of the band. And if you come in there and you're not doing your job right, then that makes me look bad. I come prepared and I do my job. At least I try to. Yeah. You don't come prepared and you don't do your job well, then what are you doing? You shouldn't be the front person. You need to play an instrument or you need to stop. You need to go sing karaoke. Brutal. If you're going to front a band though, you better sing in, you better know how to sing in key. You better know what to say in between songs. You better know how to perform. If you can't, beat it. Happy birthday. <laughs> Um, there was something like something else that like, um, like one, one dude, I'm like really into this, this album. So happy that this album is in the, in the flesh. We can fulfill our Indiegogo. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, man, to have that. It's pretty crazy to have that like in, in our possession. I'm excited. It's been a long, it's been a long road to get here. We don't have green vinyl though, Phil. That's okay. I'll take whatever vinyl I can get. All right. Yeah, it's not green. <laughs> we changed because we changed the color cover. The cover was going to be black and green, but now it's it's like a couple different colors, orange and stuff. Nice. And then you also get um, a bonus track that I that I need to get you because that's you get one of everything. Yes. Um. So, but yeah, it's that's going really good, and then um. Yeah, me and Pops had to do like an interview thing that's going to be promo. We're just like, this is what the album means to me and like stuff like that. You got shirts? <laughs> uh, they're coming. Sweet. They're coming. They're not out yet, but they're coming. And then we're we're probably going to do a Teespring thing for shirts. Nice. Um, so, but yeah, that's going really well. Um, there was something else that I did like like last week and yeah, I don't know, man. We've just been like kind of chilling. Like I'm, I'm getting sick of this, this quarantine thing. Like we're like barely quarantined, but it's like you, you want to go out of your house and there's just like nothing open or anything. You know, it's like you go to the mall and it's just different. Like it's just different now. Yeah. A lot of the stores are open or a lot of stores are closed. You can't just go out, you know, and have a date. You still can't go to the movies. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like weird stuff. It's weird, man. It's yeah, weird. I can't wait. Sticks for it. Taylor. Sticks Taylor was on um on a Saturday Night Live with Justin Bieber. Unfortunately, mm. I fast forwarded through those parts. Ouch. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't sit through Justin Bieber with tattoos now. <laughs> trying to just. I just can't, dude. I just can't. Just trying to trying to be like sentimental and lovely, and it's like, dude, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Sticks though sounded. Sticks Taylor's a really great drummer, man. He, he sounded yeah. incredible. Well, anyways, Funky Phil, it's been a long show, man. We had a long show today because I don't gotta I don't gotta leave all early to go to the beach, even though I want to. It's a beautiful day, beautiful day. Yeah, I'm sorry about day. Beach Brigade. It's the day of my birth, Phil. The day of your birth. <laughs> and um, so anyways, I'm just going to be here at the studio. Like, I still haven't even eaten, so I got to go eat. Mm, me too. Um, but yeah, man, it was a good show. Even though I was freaking on one today, dude. 
on one. Yeah. Well, you didn't just, get, you, I don't think you had one last week. That's true. See, this is what happens, dude. I got to get it out of my system. Mm-hmm. If I skip a week, then it's just built up and it's been festering. And then I'm even more mad. It's true. Uh, I might have a gig this coming weekend, so I might. Lord knows I'm going to have a soapbox next week. (laughs) Um, Special thanks to Steven Taylor for coming on. One of the world's, one of the internet's best teachers, man. Um, Aquarian artist, too. Yes, we love Aquarian, Funky Phil. Yes. We love Aquarian. Yes. Um, So um, thank you, Funky Phil, and thanks to your family. You know, for being held hostage in the room while while you're doing this show, um, you know the thing is, I'm, I'm I've been thinking like, when's Phil gonna come back in the studio? But today wouldn't have been a, a good good one because I was on a soapbox and my droplets are flying everywhere. So you might have got the Ronas from me like yelling <laughs> in the mic. <laughs> um, there's a there's been a couple times where my internet is just like almost crashing though and it's like i've noticed that it sounds like i have a vocoder like like on my voice sometimes yeah it sounds like that now because it's like the it's glitching on my end maybe i just go back to doing it at my house i don't know we'll figure that out sooner or later you got to come in studio but the numbers are going up phil so you can't come in yet i know um all right. Well, anyways, thank you guys for listening, and uh, and thank you guys for going to Patreon and just signing up for like anything. That would be it's great. Thank you for buying our merch. You know, thank you for going to drumbrigade.com today and buying at least two things of merch. Thank you guys in advance. <laughs> thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank me for just being dope. All right. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> so seriously though, thank you to Steven. Thank you, Funky Phil. And um, thank you to all you guys for listening. It's been Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 93. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade Podcast. This podcast was recorded in the Beat Locker at Pimp City in Oceanside, California. This podcast was produced by Funky Phil Pardell, and all drops and original music are by Corey Kingston. The Drum Brigade theme song is I Don't Like Your Music by The Busters. For more episodes, please visit drumbrigade.com and hit up our archives to hear some great interviews with Thomas Lang, Daniel Glass, Stan Bicknell, Tosh the Drummer, Kurt Buscara, Mike Dawson, and many, many more. For all other things, or to get in touch, please visit drumbrigade.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. Like and subscribe.